0: Welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum more Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop!
1: Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Punch It! Writing in Star Trek. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me, as always, is...
1: Tristan Rodell.
0: Tristan, I have got to know, did you watch the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery?
1: I very much did. I watched it as soon as it aired, and hopefully, listeners, uh, you have seen it too, because we're going to be discussing it very briefly. We're going to be talking about it, because it needs to be talked about, and needs to be discussed... In this uh, in this Star Trek fandom and uh, and, uh, and on this podcast medium because we're Star Trek fans and we have to talk about it. We're bursting at the seams. There's a huge spoiler in this episode. If you have not seen it, please skip ahead and uh, to to our to our topic, which is which is what today Shar, what's our topic today?
0: We're going to go to the Kelvin verse. Uh, not our Voyager Kelvin verse, which we've been doing a little bit of lately, but we're going to discuss the Kelvin verse proper. And we are going to discuss ideas for that possible fourth Star Trek movie that may or may not happen.
1: Absolutely. So until we get to that, which will be in a couple minutes because this is a short discussion, Red Angel, what did you think?
0: I loved the twist at the very end. I did not see that coming. Now, I shared with you off mic that my Red Angel theory, because we all had one, right, was that it was going to be Zora that we got from the Short Trek Calypso, which is basically the Discovery computer, and that it was somehow connected to Arium, and we were going to connect the dots that way. Nope, that did not happen, and I had no idea that it was going to be the person whom it was because when they reveal at the very beginning that oh it's michael i thought okay lame disco lame and then they threw that at the very night like okay that's good
1: absolutely 100 percent. because i think I i told you i told my wife i told my friends i said as long as it's not michael i said i was like as long as as long as the red angel is not michael then i will be happy i I said i was like it could be pike it could be lorca i don't care it (laughs) it could be it could be saru it could be a tribble i don't i don't give a crap
0: (laughs) a tribble with female human hips
1: as long as it's not Michael. It's so lazy just to make it Michael. And so <laughs> they said that before before we even had the opening credits, they said, oh my God, it's Michael. And I just said out loud at the top of my lungs, lame.
0: Right. It's too obvious. All signs were pointing to that, which is why I think the very twist at the end, that's why it worked so well.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because, I mean, the the writer's totally lied to us. Um, but it was, uh, it's, it's, it's okay because they redeemed themselves. They, they wanted to throw you off and yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Like I guessed it halfway through the episode, but I totally didn't guess it before the episode. So I'm not going to like say that, like I, I, was some sort of genius where I knew who the red angel was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I loved your theory. I loved your theory so much that I had my wife watch the short track of Calypso in preparation for this episode.
0: Oh, cool. But alas, it's irrelevant now.
1: It's irrelevant now. But uh, one thing, one besides the nonsense of time crystals, one thing that really
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah, bothered that's me. That's like red matter. It's a complete nonsensical term oh. that means it just, that's nothing. Do better. I know. Tech I know. I just
1: even if you just like rub some Star Trek funk into it, and just and like, even if you just rephrase it and said like chronoton infused crystals, I'd be like, hey, totally on board. You use some space tech,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. And
1: there, I'm with you. And th- that's my challenge, though. But regardless, <laughs> um, what the uh, the thing that really bothered me and that I could not. It took me out of the episode. This was one big thing. And this is not nitpicking because this is a major crux of the episode. It took me out of it completely was the entire point of the episode was to put Michael in danger. Very so that, um So that the Red Angel would appear and save her and then they could trap the Red Angel. That is the total point of the plot and the episode. Yes. Now, here's the thing if the red angel has the sense to know when Michael is in danger and then to travel back in time to save said Michael, wouldn't the red angel also have the forethought and the knowledge and the know-how to understand that it was fake?
0: Right. Because isn't this red angel coming from the future and, right, shouldn't the red angel know this and shouldn't, the Red Angel have showed up maybe just a little bit sooner because they like this was really, really at the very edge of what was going to be okay in terms of Michael's uh, ability to survive this thing.
1: And also wouldn't the Red Angel know that it was a trap and that they were going to get trapped? But then yeah. I guess they probably could, there, there is some you can do some mental gin, gymnastics to, to work out of it because you could say, well, with with Spock interfering, Like, he was going to make sure that she was going to die, like, to make sure that the threat was real. Like, you could say that Spock was just like, no, we're getting the Red Angel. Michael's going to die. I'm going to make sure that Michael dies, that her heart stops beating. So he could be the one who says, like, I'm going to be the bad guy here to make sure that the job gets done. So you could jump around and say that that's – so the Red Angel knew that Spock was going to make this happen, and so they came to save. But at the same time, they're like, you know, it's a trap. And so the only other way you could say it is, well, I knew this was a trap but I also needed to save Michael, otherwise, blah, 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 blah. So I uh, guess I just true. answered all my own question. True,
0: right. Or there's also that time paradox thing where certain variables can come into play that haven't happened, and then when they do, it suddenly changes everything, so your future mm-hmm. knowledge does not apply. I don't know. Maybe Spock was that variable? Now, I really kind of... That was kind of what made me a little squeamish about that whole thing was Spock making sure that Michael was going to die. Like, wow, okay. (laughs) Uh, It was the one thing that I didn't really enjoy about the episode just because it, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out this incarnation of Spock, where he is, where he's coming from. He is still a little bit of a mess, I think. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's taking me a lot to try and figure figure out where he's coming from, I think. So I thought, wow, this is borderline out of character. But then again, I don't really know this Spock. So I can't say that. So That's
1: one thing that I keep telling myself, too, is that like we don't know this Spock. We don't know this incarnation of Spock. And we didn't really get to know Spock in the cage. Right. He's just kind of there.
0: So as much as internally maybe I've got a problem with that, I've got to take a step back and then look at the bigger picture. Now, that whole thing aside... I do want to say I really, really, really enjoyed this episode. It hit so many notes for me, things that I had been yearning for for several episodes now. And a lot of it was just really good acting and dialogue. I thoroughly enjoyed the character moments. Colbert talking to Admiral Cornwell was such a needed scene. And thank goodness. I mean, I think This makes the case for having counselors aboard starships way sooner (laughs) than we got it in the 24th century. Um, He needed that so hardcore and prediction here. He and Ash Tyler need to spark spark up a friendship. Now that they've kind of had it out in the mess hall, they need to talk with one another because they're the only two who really understand what's going on inside themselves because nobody else can understand
1: yeah, both are going through a massive identity crisis. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. So let's, uh, it, I don't want to bromance um, because I totally think that Colbert and Stamitz totally need to fall back in love again, get to know each other, and have that whole thing happen again. But those two, yeah, make a friendship out of it. Never mind the fact that, you know, Ash slash Volk killed him. We can put that behind. They bury the hatchet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested to see that. I would. I really would. I, I would be interested to see them spark some sort of friendship and some sort of camaraderie. I think that would be that would make for some really cool writing and some very interesting moments. And, um, and yeah, this, this episode was definitely much more character focused. And I, I yeah. enjoyed that aspect of it immensely.
0: Yeah. And I did see some people saying, oh, this one's so slow. Where's the action in this one? Well, my big complaint has been they're moving so fast that there's no time to process anything. And so in this episode, the processing, I'm just just thinking, yes, finally, please, more of this. Maybe it's the fact that there was so much of it in this episode that kind of got people thinking, OK, can we go back to the action and moving things along? I, I kind of feel like mm, maybe it's a little imbalanced, but this was so needed. What do you think about that?
1: I think I think you have something there. I, th- I think that's the thing is because I was definitely one of those people where I like you were saying like you guys need to slow down. you're trying to cram 90 minutes of material into 42 minutes or 45 or 50 or however it was. and you're trying to rush through the season. you're trying like you realize you have a limited amount of episodes you're and you're just you're putting way too much in one episode, way too much in an arc. You need to slow down, but then when they slowed down, I was definitely one of those people who had that knee-jerk reaction of, oh, not a lot happened in that episode. That was kind of slow. That was kind of boring. <laughs> I was very uh-huh. much one of those people. And then once I, I started to really reflect on it, I was just like, why am, I, why am I saying this? Because I was begging for an episode like this. And when it comes, I, I, I feel like a hypocrite. And I'm like, why do I feel this way? And I think you hit it on the head. I really do. I think you, it's such a major adjustment because it's just like, bam, 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 stop. It wasn't a slowdown, it was a stop. And so it's like we hit a brick wall and the rhythm was completely off. And I think that's what it was, is that like if we eased into it instead of slammed on the brakes, I probably would have received a little bit better. Now, I'm not knocking the episode. I'm just saying that my own personal reception would have changed if we had a little half and half, a well-balanced episode as opposed to all or nothing.
0: I totally agree. I really wish they would sprinkle in these really good character developments and these moments to just breathe, because that was the key word I was thinking of while watching this episode. This episode is breathing, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. Can we do that while we mix it in with furthering the plot? Yes. Then, then you've got yeah. that balance. You You accomplish both things, and then I think everybody is more or less happy, at least the people who aren't totally hating on the show. You know what I mean?
1: Right, right. You can't please everybody, but I think yeah, that that definitely would have been ideal. Well, we've been talking about it for twelve minutes now, and uh, hopefully we didn't. <laughs> I know we start spoiled. The show. We spoiled some. We spoiled the uh, who that Michael was not the angel, but we didn't really spoil anything else. Um, so uh, hopefully you didn't listen to this <laughs> if you <laughs> haven't mean, seen well, the episode. And
0: if you did, I mean, personal responsibility. We tried to warn you, and uh, I mean, if you're listening to this show, you're probably watching Disco. So. Probably,
1: probably probably all right so uh moving on to star trek 4 the uh the yes. movie that was going to be at one time and uh it was hailed as no longer and then maybe could happen but most likely <laughs> won't
0: yeah that's where we're at right now at this point in 2019 we have no idea if this movie will ever be made who's going to make it and i'm i'm honestly Kind of neither here nor there with an actual Star Trek four movie with this cast of characters. Like, do you care if they ever make a fourth film?
1: Well, I feel like care might not be the appropriate word um, because okay. I would be happy if they did. But I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm not going go to go into, I'm not going to lock my room and just cry in the dark for five hours if they don't.
0: Okay. You know, like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think you're right. That that was the wrong word. I'm um, I'm just not really worked up over it. Yeah, I'm
1: I, I'm the same way as you. Like I'm not ambivalent, but I'm also not worked up over it. Like I'm, I'm just like, "No. No, we need a fourth one." No, we had a trilogy. We have three. We it ended with the building of Enterprise A. I think that's a great way to end if that is the end. But if they want to continue, I welcome it. But if they don't, okay, we'll have room for something else.
0: Totally, totally. I feel like if they leave off on Beyond, that's a fantastic ending point. But the way Star Trek Four, as things have played out with contract negotiations falling through, and then getting people like Quentin Tarantino pitching story ideas for this fourth movie, I'm thinking... This is kind of a mess, and I'm not really sure if any of it needs to happen at this point. (laughs) Now, I mean, I try to avoid the rumor mill as much as I can, but I did hear that, yeah, Tarantino pitched. I don't know his ideas, but that does not seem, at least on the surface, like a good idea, like a good person to be running a Star Trek film, because of what I know of his work. I mean, it's very violent. It's a very it doesn't really seem to fit the framework of a Star Trek film.
1: No, it doesn't. Um, I respect Tarantino as a filmmaker and I like a lot of his movies. There's a lot uh-huh. that I don't like. Um, there's a lot that I don't like. But
0: <laughs> I'm with you there. I mean, it's very 50, 50 with me.
1: Yeah. Same here. Like I'm very much Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill, volume one and two. I'm, I'm that kind of Tarantino fan. But, uh, But when I first heard that, because when it first came on the scene, it's just like, Tarantino has an an idea for a Star Trek film. He wants to direct it. He wants to write it. And he wants it to be rated R. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. None of that. Don't like any of that. Now, I don't think that will happen. Could Tarantino make a Star Trek film? I think we're living in a world where that is possible. I do not think it'll be rated R in a million years because (laughs) Star Trek Beyond, the Star Trek franchise, the Kelvin films did not make them, did not make Paramount the money that they wanted them to make. And in in Paramount's eyes, the Star Trek film franchise is a losing franchise when it comes to finances. And so they're not going to make a rated R sci-fi film because if you do, you're almost guaranteed to not make enough money to make another one after that. And PG-13 films, on average, a high average, make way more money than R-rated films. And so that is one big reason why I don't think it's going to happen. Nor do I want it to happen because I don't want a rated R Star Trek film. We don't need a rated R Star Trek film.
0: I have to agree with that. There's no reason why Star Trek should be rated R as far as a film goes. Because a lot of times, and this is a big critique that people had of Star Trek Discovery, is... I don't feel comfortable watching this with my kids. Well, mm-hmm. a lot of parents out there, if the film's rated R, they're not, they're not going to take their kids and nor should they probably, especially if they're right. really young. And so then you're ruining that experience in that sense. So, I mean, I get it. Yeah, Does Disco kind of push the envelope to where you could say that that actually stretches the bounds of what is quote unquote normal for Star Trek to where a rated R movie is not impossible? But do we need that? I'm I'm totally leaning on no it doesn't seem necessary also I don't want a ton of I don't want like a violent film
1: No I don't want to see somebody get their eyes gouged out or their legs chopped off and no. I also don't want to see a rated R sex scene you know I don't I don't want any of that I don't need that in Star Trek there's plenty of other options there's plenty other franchises that do that and they do it well let them do it
0: but Right let them do it which is why I feel like the whole Tarantino angle is not a good fit for Star Trek. Now that said, I have no idea what his idea was. Maybe it's brilliant. Don't know. But you and I are going to formulate our own idea for this fourth Star Trek film.
1: Yes, and uh, to comment, we are not going to go the, like we're not going to write what they said that they were going to do. Like there was, a, we had a few details of what they were going to do for Star Trek Four, and that was they were going to find a way to bring Chris Hemsworth back as George Kirk, right. and. Immediately, I was just like, "We don't know. We don't need that." I know Chris Hemsworth is really hot right now. He's, <laughs> you know, like uh, Star Trek: 09 helped propel his career forward, and but we don't need him to come back in some sort of weird timey wimey type thing. So <laughs> I'm personally going to stay away from that. Um, but Shar, right. you and I have not talked about this before we started recording, other than the topic, um, saying that we we're going to do it. So this is all on the fly. This is this is just off the top of our heads. We, right. we have not written down anything.
0: Nope. This is an exploration ideas. But before we do that, really quick, I want to know, did you like the whole idea of George Kirk possibly coming into the Star Trek for a story? Do you think that would give closure to Kirk?
1: No, he already got closure. I mean, he already got his, he got his, he had his arc and beyond like he I feel like in beyond, he was just like, "Do I keep doing this? do I, do I continue on? Yes, I'm going to continue on. And like in Star Trek '9, like at the very beginning, he you know, like he, his dad wasn't around because he died. He sacrificed himself for him, him and his, his mom. And Pike is the one who said, like, "Hey, you know, like your your dad saved, I can't remember like 700 lives or something like that. I dare you to do better." Yeah. And he did do better. And I feel yeah, like we don't right. need closure to that story.
0: You know, I was on more of the side of, yeah, bring him back and let's bring this full circle. But you're right. And beyond, he does complete that arc. He's standing on his own two feet now. So this fourth movie needs to be all about that.
1: And if you wanted, to, if you told me that they were going to do a USS Kelvin Prime Universe movie where George Kirk is there, played by Chris Hemsworth, I would say, absolutely, friggin' lootly with Captain Rabao.
0: <laughs> yes, 100%
1: top of the list. That Mm. is what I want.
0: Now that could be some hot popcorn action flick goodness right there.
1: That would be freaking amazing. I love the Kelvin. I love Captain Rabot. I love George Kirk just from the limited stuff that we've seen of them.
0: Right. Because that was not much at all. It was like, what, five minutes tops?
1: It was, But it was an amazing five minutes and I would love to see more. And in the prime universe, they didn't get destroyed by Nero. So but the thing is the costumes would be the same the um the the ship would be the same like we wouldn't have to change anything it would still like because quote-unquote kelvin kelvin is still prime kelvin
0: (laughs) correct right hmm now that is a really cool thought but well now i want to write that movie movie. that doesn't really fit
1: (laughs) no it doesn't but now i like we (laughs) we need to bank that down bank that away so that we can write that in the future
0: yeah no maybe that's next week but for today we have the enterprise a Mm -hmm. let's assume the contracts have all been signed chris pine zachary quinto they're all back they're all back and the one thing we do have to address of course is the absence of anton yelchin
1: yes absolutely i feel like this is one of those things where everyone had their own opinion about what to do Uh um Some people are saying like, well, don't reference it. Some people are saying like, oh, well, you need to have him passing, kind of like Leonard Nimoy and beyond. I am of the school. This is my own personal opinion. Jayla is graduated from the academy. Uh And she takes over for Chekhov. And we just say that Chekhov got promoted to a different ship.
0: Boom. My idea. Exactly. Let's do some sort of loving acknowledgement To Anton and the Chekhov character that he portrayed. But we need to know what Jayla's up to. And that is the perfect fit.
1: I think you have some sort of sullen moment where Kirk or whomever like does his log and says like Jayla is doing quite well um, replacing um, our beloved officer Chekhov. Like he was promoted to a different ship and have him end with something like I'm really going to miss him. And so we as the audience know exactly what he's saying. Totally, but we don't have to. I don't. I don't want to say the words, but we don't have to.
0: Like dwell on it.
1: I was going to say kill him off. Like we don't have to oh. kill him off in the universe. It's just I wanted no, to no. phrase it better than that. But we don't have to do that just because um, Yelchin's gone. Um,
0: yeah, no, it's I' think sorrowful. All we would have to do is some sort of loving tribute. It can be short and sweet, just like to Leonard Nimoy. Acknowledge yes. it. Put it there. We as an audience are going to know what that means, and that is enough.
1: Right, but don't, like you said, don't dwell on it and just move on. But that's exactly what I would do. That's that's how I would do it. It's just like you have a you have an opening monologue that's a that's a captain's log, and then he says that just kind of like with how we, how Beyond started, where it's just like captain's log, blah 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 blah. Um, but as far as story goes, like yeah, I don't want to do the George Kirk thing, and so you can go anywhere and do. Anything you want with Star Trek Four, it's limitless what you could do.
0: Yeah, exactly, because Beyond kind of closed some of the, I don't know, some of the open-ended things just a little bit in terms of arc and characters. Like, they're all in a good place now. The kids are all right. And so Captain Kirk, this Captain Kirk, knowing who he is, he's out there to basically help people and save lives. That is his cause. That is his mission. That's why he does what he does What can we do with that now and make it better or expand on it?
1: I want to, one thing that Beyond did really well is they, um, the director said right off the bat that he wants to, that he wanted to destroy the Enterprise, strip them of Starfleet assistance and, you know, like maroon them to show how these characters need to rely on each other and get back to the basics. And I really appreciate that. And I know a lot of fans didn't because they're just like, oh my God, enough destroying the Enterprise already. I'm just like, yeah, but every iteration has destroyed their own Enterprise.
0: It's true.
1: (laughs) Like every, like when you have the original film, like the original um, series films, they destroyed it in Search for Spock. Yep. And in um, Next Generation films, they destroyed it in Generations. And the next iteration was the Kelvinverse. And so they destroy the Enterprise. That's just, I'm sorry. That's just what you do. That's how you do it. Why do now, they not get a pass while everybody else does?
0: It's kind of a rite of passage in the movie verse, I guess. It's yeah. Like, you have to check it off the list. At some point, you've got to destroy an enterprise.
1: So, <laughs> with this specific one, I would want to do something where they're on another five year mission. Uh-huh. Um, and they're completely cut off from Starfleet. No, no, Yorktown, no, no Starbase, no, no assistance, no fleet assistance no one coming for help this is they are charting they 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 are charting nowhere and they get into trouble and there is no backup because in every single movie there has been backup where like you look at 09 they had the they were going to where the fleet was going and then the the fleet was destroyed and then they went back to earth in star trek into darkness a lot of it took place on earth and yep. they would go they went in between killing on space and federation space and in beyond they had the space station that they had to protect. That was that was Starfleet, so they didn't have Earth, and so that was a move. That was a move in the right direction, and so I want to take it even further and just be like, bam, they are cut off.
0: Ooh, that's that's perfect. That's kind of the next logical progression. I like it. It's simple, but that totally works.
1: And so I think from there we can build a little backwards. What would be a good situation for them to be caught in, where they can't like. What's something dire enough where they're just like, we cannot go for repairs, we cannot go to the next star base, we are out in the middle of nowhere, we are exploring the final frontier, and we signed up for this. And so, what is? What do you think would be a good situation? Would you need a bad guy? Would you need a force of nature? Would you need disease? Would you need a war? Um, would you want a prime directive storyline? Like, what's what? What intrigues you right now for this?
0: Mm. My. F- the only instinct i really have out of that right now is the kelvin films tend to have that really two-dimensional bad guy and i really kind of want to shy away from that although i think if if they actually do ever make a fourth movie that's exactly what it's going to be
1: yeah yeah
0: so in a way like okay as as a star trek fan i want them to make it I kind of want it to be more Star Trek than ever. So maybe it is a prime directive story. Maybe it is something that acts as more of like an existential crisis to the crew that gets a little more philosophical, a little more Starfleet, something maybe, maybe it is some sort of disease or, uh, I mean, nothing specific is coming to mind, at least not yet.
1: I, I'm with you with not having one bad guy like a Nero or a Khan or a whatever you call him in Star Trek Beyond because I can never remember his name. Edison. Idris. Or <laughs> Edison? Crawl as uh, they is. Crawl, the okay. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. I just call him Elba. Idris Elba. Um, <laughs> Truth. So I. I like the idea of not having one individual that they can focus on. But at the same time, it's a little rough because you're just like, oh, you need an antagonist. You need a place where you can focus your discomfort. Right. Um, but what if we went, and I'm just spitballing here, but like the technological route. What if Ooh. the enterprise found something that was a technological wonder, like a la the motion picture?
0: Um, Viger
1: v- something like V'ger. Not necessarily, I'm not saying let's do something in the style of the motion picture. Mm-hmm. I'm saying what if they found a technological wonder like um the Borg or V'ger or the probe from Star Trek 4? You know, like something that was just <laughs> colossal. Or like what if they found a society that was living in perfect harmony with technology and and uh and for lack of a better word, humanity where um they found a bunch of cyborgs, or something like that, or, er, mm. er. I don't know. That, that that seems a little cliche, but,
0: I mean, you you even utter the word Borg, and half of our listening audience and Star Trek fans in general are going to flinch. Oh God, no! Don't do the Borg.
1: I'm not suggesting doing the Borg. I'm saying something like the Borg, where right. it's a society, it's no. a society that is technologically advanced, and maybe yeah. they, you know.
0: I think yeah, I love that angle where it's a society that has found a way to really integrate technology and their organic being but not i don't know they they can't be the borg and it has to be explicitly stated to us as fans this is not the borg this is somebody different but what yes. is the problem here
1: right right what is what makes them a threat what makes them a threat to the ship right Do, I, I would love to shy away from a threat of the galaxy or a threat of the Federation. I would yeah, love it to just be a threat to the tone ship. Yeah,
0: that down? Because that's every freaking time.
1: Yeah, like not every... I think my, my, the biggest example that I can think of where I was just like, oh my God, Hollywood needs to calm down was in The, in the Girl in the Spider's Web, the, the latest from the Millennium series of Lisbeth Salander. Okay, like, not seen in the, it. In the book, um, her entire job was to save a child. That was her job. That was the point of the book, was to save and protect a child from assassination. That's it. In the movie, she has to save the world from potential global thermal nuclear war.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's a leap. And so
1: I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, (laughs) let's just calm down. Let's find the drama in human interaction as opposed to the whole world's going to end. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's try to do that. So – um. So it's a threat to the ship. Their five-year mission is going to end by fire. And it's a brand-new ship. It's the Enterprise A. Um, so what – maybe, like, like do we draw from previous iterations of Star Trek to create something new? Like, do they – are they trying to enslave um, the Enterprise crew, like, a la workforce? Um hmm. You know, or do they... Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of blanking on, on the big threat here, other than just yeah. destroying. I think it needs to be something more than just, I'm going to blow up your ship.
0: No, like, I feel it needs to be a threat to, like, the crew itself. Like, just really break it down to it. Not a personal level, but um, just, like, that smaller scale where if the Enterprise... Uh, like, they can't call for help because reaching Starfleet takes so many hours at this point. They have to rely on themselves. Um, like... Oh, you have an idea. What is I it? I have an idea. This, oh, good. Uh,
1: like, we, we we could kind of maybe, uh, so we're not wasting time, but like we could involve like a uh, a very technological, you know, race that go that they encounter. What if they inadvertently get involved in a war, and How they so? it ma- it makes the prime directive super weird and super muddy because an accident happened which made them. Um, get involved in a war where they're just like, and so it's that argument of, oh, well, we, we, we cause damage, so do we need to try to repair that damage, or we cause damage and so we just need to, you know, get the F out, or we cause damage so the prime directive is now out of the way because damage is already done, so we need to continue doing what the right thing is. What if they're exploring space, someone is coming to them, hailing distress call, saying, whoever you are, please help me, I'm being chased. And they're like, okay, well, like I'm, I'm requesting asylum and all of this is going on. They're getting fired at. And Spock is just like, hey, we don't know what's going on. This is, in our, this is somebody else's backyard. Like we can't really do anything right now. And Kirk's like, they are asking for asylum. We need, to, we need to help them. And what if something happens where while they were trying to, you know, bring the ship into their, into their shields or beam them out? Something happened where they accidentally fired a phaser, or there was like a feedback loop, like, like while that like something happened with like the tractor beam was pulling their ship in, and the ship fired on the tractor beam and it created a feedback loop that Ooh. went back into their ship and exp- exploded their ship. Yeah, and so they're now a branded enemy of this of this race. So they're just like, oh, who are you? Oh, I'm Kirk from the Federation. Well, you just you just explored one of our cruisers. You you just destroyed one of our cruisers. And so, welcome to the war, buddy.
0: (laughs) Ooh, I kind of like that. That creates a a situation for sure. Now, what if this, uh, what if they find these like kind of, I don't know, if we want to go to the technological hybrid people, say uh, they get into a little bit of a firefight with these other Mm -hmm. people. Go to the technological race of people. They say, "Hey, yeah, we'll fix up your ship. We we can help you out a little bit," only to find out that that's the other side of the people in the war.
1: Wait, wait. Explain that again. So, like, you let, let's call them the techies. So, you have the techies, the technologically advanced people, and you have yeah. the rebels. So, uh-huh. you have the techies and the rebels. So, what are you saying?
0: I'm saying, um, and I don't know how this if this fits at all at what you were saying. What if we made a uh, techies and the rebels they're fighting each other because maybe Mm -hmm. the rebels see technology as a little bit like of a threat like it's gone too far because we as humans constantly have this debate like have we taken our technology too far at what point is it good at what point is it bad so maybe this movie can be a little bit of an allegory for that um so enterprise and the rebels um you know, the Rebels say, hey, welcome to the war. There's a little bit of a clash. And so the Enterprise sustains some moderate damage. And then meanwhile, Enterprise is searching around for a little bit of place to make repairs or something, some kind of ally. Find the techies. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, we've got technology. We'll help your, your ship out. But then that only escalates the situation because they're the enemy of the Rebels.
1: But they're... But- the Enterprise destroyed a ship of the techies. So why would they oh, okay. go to the techies?
0: Uh, well, okay. I, I guess I'm uh, retconning that in my head before <laughs> and saying like like that. I was thinking more of like a, a, that was the rebels that they destroyed. But you're saying well, it's the techies.
1: It's the techies. So like, mm. I mean, we could morph that around though where um, maybe they d- – Okay, we could do it this way where they accidentally destroy the ship Yeah. Um, of the techies and then the rebels are there. And they're helping out the rebels, but then they're like, "Okay, we need repairs," and so they go to a, they go to some place, and the techies are there, but they don't know they're the same race that they destroyed, and mm. and so that's where it that's where they find out. That's where Kirk finds out who they actually destroyed, and they accidentally destroyed, and that's how the techies find out, and that's how they declare war. So you have that little bit of suspense and that little bit of a surprise to mm. to go off of your idea.
0: Hmm, that's a that's a thought. What would be kind of interesting is, I mean, with a techie race, wouldn't knowledge be kind of instantaneous?
1: Yeah, I think let's just go back to the original idea. Then, um, I think I love your idea of the rebels being like, "Listen, we're not saying get rid of all cell phones and live in the woods. Obviously, we're on a starship here. We're just saying we don't want it integrated into our bodies." And maybe they, um, they're just like these guys have taken it too far. Like half their brain. Is is technology now like you know like half of their limbs are like they're becoming more more machine than man to borrow a phrase from another franchise, and <laughs> and so what if, um, like the rebels are like they make friends with the rebels. They're like, hey, you know, we're all about liberty and you know your choosing. And if the techies are forcing this on you, then we're we're with you, uh, but we can't get too involved. And they're like, well, you're already involved. And what if they go a little crazy because they find people on the Enterprise who have implants and have enhancements. Ooh, yeah. And You're maybe they try to take over the ship. They try to take over the ship because Ooh. it would help them in their fight against the techies. So they actually, by destroying the techies, they inadvertently destroying the techies and helping the rebels, they backed the wrong horse
0: right. accidentally. Right, okay. Yeah, but meanwhile, the techies look like the bad guys because, yeah, maybe they really have taken technology to such a level of integration where they damn near, like, you can I kind of see, like, the Borg on the horizon. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is what the, could lead to the Borg. And so that's what the rebels are warning against, and we're thinking, yeah, they're right. You can't take this too far.
1: And I think maybe the the message of this movie is, is that in war, there are no innocent sides you know like I there's love it there's there's no clear black and white there's no clear right and wrong like the rebels are doing heinous things as well to stay quote unquote pure from technology yeah and the techies are going way too far and saying that they're trying to force other people to to uh, live their kind of lifestyle and so um that way there's got to be a happy medium. There's got to there, be civil liberty. There's got to be, if you want implants, have them. If you don't want them, that's fine too. But don't force others to live your way of life either direction.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that so freaking much. That's a great message, especially for our day and age where technology is taking over our lives to some extent, where we just simply cannot live without it. I mean, imagine if the electrical grid were to go out for several days. Would we honestly, I mean, not everybody would survive that. Not even a no. few days.
1: No, no. It would, be, it, would be a, it would be pandemonium. It would be.
0: A little bit. A little chaos. It would be riots.
1: So I think the thing with that is, so we have the antagonist is the quote unquote techies. And the Enterprise, I think the Enterprise has to continue to fight them. Maybe not destroy any more ships, but continue to fight them just to get through space. Like, uh-huh. we're just like, we just need to get through their space. We got to get out of their space. It's kind of a la Delta Quadrant with, the, with Voyager, you know? like this Oh, my is God. Very...
0: You are reading my mind today. I was thinking, that, like, the Kazon and the Vidians. Just get through their space. Get out of there.
1: Just get through their space. We'll, we'll mark it as no territory when we, when we chart it, when we get back to the Federation. we, we can Maybe like when we're back in communication range with the Federation, we will say this. We'll say, like stay away from these guys. It's a warring space. And, and so they continue to fight the techies, but they don't destroy anybody. They don't kill anybody. But then that's when the rebels start to go crazy, and they're already on their ship. They try to take over the ship, and they, they try to kill the people who have technology, integrated into their into their bodies which we have seen before we have seen people on the kelvin enterprise with technology integrated into them and and so i think like we have one person who's a representative of that i'm thinking i'm thinking a a woman because we haven't gotten a a female antagonist in the kelvin verse yet
0: no we have Um, not
1: and so I don't want this, but we don't know that this person's an antagonist until towards the end or at least towards the middle. So it wouldn't be like your everyday con or Nero or anything like that. Yeah. It would be friend turned enemy, which would make it a much more interesting arc. Oh. And hell, since it's Kirk, we could make him flirt. We could make him fall in love if we wanted to.
0: <laughs> hey, speaking of romance, I'm wondering about Scotty and Jayla. I really think there needs to be a little bit of a flirtation going on there. Now, oh, the age romance. difference is
1: way too old.
0: Don't care. Don't. <laughs> I mean, in the 23rd century, how much does that matter? We don't even really know how old Jayla is.
1: But it matters to me in the 21st century where we're constantly having these 40-year-old men and 50-year-old men having a relationship on screen with women in their 20s or early 30s.
0: Well, okay. I mean, I see your point. That is a and little, like, okay, it gets a little gross after a while. Like, find someone your own age. But I don't know. Maybe Jayla's like hey, Montgomery Scotty. You're my friend. I'm friend zoning you. <laughs> I, I,
1: I, I would, I, lo- I, would love to see Jayla just kind of turn that off and just be like, no, thank you. Like I'd love to see her, kind of like with, um, kind of like the, not on purpose. And I'm not trying to make make her like Chekhov, but like where Chekhov was constantly flirting with the with the alien women, and we <laughs> see him as kind of like a hound. I would love to see Jayla do that, where she's just like she's not really interested. And anybody on the ship, but if there's some people passing through, she'll be interested in them. But I, th- I don't think we need to give J-Lo romantic romantically just yet.
0: Well, okay. And if it's not Scotty, I'd rather she not even flirt around. Like she's just totally there to nerd out. So yeah. then maybe, like, maybe there is like a scene where Scotty's trying to put a move on her. And she's just no, 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 no. I don't think of you like that. And then it's yeah. done.
1: I think yeah, I'd be fine with that. Absolutely. Um, and I then think-
0: Scotty's fine with it.
1: Yes, like, don't make him, like, heartbroken or anything like that. No. And, like, don't make him pine for her. Just be like, hey, you want to get a drink sometime? She's like, no, thanks. He's like, all right, whatever. Um, But with yeah. Kirk, I think it would be interesting to have him fall for this person, and it helps affect his judgment, where Spock has to come in and say, like, listen, prime directive, prime mm-hmm. directive, prime <laughs> directive, and he, and Kirk is just like, pretty girl, pretty girl, pretty girl, and...
0: <laughs> is it Edith Keeler?
1: <laughs> but... Like I feel like it would be different from like the Carol Marcus and in Inter- into Darkness and he didn't really have any like in from his, you know, infatuate like he didn't even have an infatuation with O'Hara. It was really just like with the Green Woman and that was just like a, a hookup and everything like that. And he had nothing and beyond. And so like we have yet to see a this version of Kirk kind of be the ladies' man, except for that gross scene um earlier where like um never mind, I don't even want to talk about it. But um <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, he, like, he was sort of trying to flirt with Uhura in the bar in 09. Right,
1: right. And I, I like that. And so I want to kind of see that a little bit better where, like, he actually, he kind of flirts with her and Spock's just like, oh my God, it's Kirk being Kirk. But then we reveal that he actually has feelings for this person. And that's what makes the turn hurt even more.
0: Right, because he's got to do what he's got to do.
1: Right. But, he said he's like, yeah.
0: yeah, I like that, though. I mean, it's kind of a nice reversal of 09 where spock is emotionally compromised now kirk is emotionally compromised spock has to point it out
1: right right and i i would I, I don't want it to go as far as that where like kirk is just like smacking people around on the bridge no no no, um, no 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 but i yes i agree with you it's a it's a kind of a nice bookend where spock is the spock we know and love and it's just like okay yeah uh, calm, down, calm down jim yeah <laughs> <Jimbo>.
0: <laughs> you know spock is serious when he says jim
1: and uh, and so obviously they, they fail to take over the enterprise. Maybe they take over the enterprise just for a little bit. Like maybe they actually take over the bridge, and they're uh, they're about to launch an assault on the techies. But then of course they save they save the enterprise at the last minute and don't um you know they don't let the assault happen on the techies. And that is the opportunity when the techies are about to blow them out of the sky. That's when right. Kirk is finally able to explain what happened and show them the records. And then maybe shake hands and leave. Or maybe not Maybe not shake hands and leave, but say like, okay, uh, we still hate you, FYI, <laughs> but you can leave our system.
0: Yeah. You leave us alone, we'll leave you alone. Bye-bye. Yeah. What's really kind of interesting about this story is if the rebels are taking over the Enterprise because, I don't know, is, does the Enterprise have like some technological advancement that they don't where this actually gives them a fighting a chance against the techies? That's serious hypocrisy.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think the easiest thing, the easiest way out would be um, the weapons, like their photon torpedoes are just unparalleled. So like maybe these techies are super advanced in um, medical biointegration, Ooh. but yet their ships are more advanced than the rebels, but they're not as advanced as the Enterprise.
0: But maybe they can, I don't know, give the Enterprise a nice good pummeling because it is going to be a little bit of an action flick, right? Right. And um, I, I, I think maybe they have the capability of blowing the Enterprise out of the sky if they, if they, if they fight hard enough. I feel like that does need yeah. to be a distinct threat. You have to have the ability to destroy the Enterprise because then there's that there's that threat. It's not the galaxy, but it's the Enterprise.
1: It's the Enterprise. Yeah, I think like because. Like, could the Enterprise take on an entire station of theirs? No. Could it take on a couple of ships? Yes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. I love the message of this. Now, we didn't, like, go into serious detail, but there's a little kernel of something to work with here.
1: I think so. I think that's a good message that, like, you think you're backing the righteous person, but then, of course, everybody has their own, you know, their own own demons and their own secrets. It's kind of like... It's a it's a little bit like the trabe and the Kazon.
0: Very um, much.
1: Like this is very much very, very now that I'm thinking about it, it is very similar to the Trabe and the Kazon from Voyager. A lot of difference, but it's the like, oh, the trabe are just like, oh, the woe is me. You know, the Kazon are horrible. They kicked us out of our homes. But then you find out that the trabe are the ones that tried to enslave the Kazons and, you know, right. treat them as second class citizens. And then, but then the trabe tried to assassinate the Kazon and White thought she was doing the right thing by helping out the trabe, but then of course she wasn't. So like the, the bones are very similar, but I want to take yeah. it to a Kelvin verse level, a movie type level with much more gray, even more gray than the trabe and, um, and yeah, the
0: And there's so many things that you can communicate with that sort of a thing where like hearing only one side of the story is just one version of the truth, which I think especially with things like social media in our world... We have such an echo chamber because of the people that we follow by default that that happens a lot. And so then a lot of misinformation gets misconstrued. How do you spin your information? There's just so many things that you can play off of with this kind of idea. What is the truth? And it's many shades of gray. Yeah. Nothing is ever as clear cut as yes or no.
1: 100%. I Love agree. it. All right.
0: Well, well cool. there we go.
1: That's our Star Trek for What do we want to call it? It's got to be Star Trek Something mm. because they don't do the colon. Mm. Um, so it's gotta be like we had Star Trek, we had Star Trek into the darkness, Star Trek Beyond, <laughs> so Star Trek Boom. Star Trek
0: <laughs> Star Trek Kaboom, <laughs> Star Trek Kaboom,
1: Star Trek uh could we could we do an into word could we do another into i know like we've done star <laughs> trek into darkness but that would make it so much easier like star trek into something
0: yeah i mean they did it once we could do it again
1: so star trek um, into battle into war no no no. no 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 i don't want war in there um no,
0: i mean anything that's so not a script i mean they're out in the unknown
1: I, let's let's just do that. Star Trek Into the Unknown. I was going to say like Star Trek Into the Final Frontier, but that's way too wordy and we already have a Final Frontier movie. Right. So okay. Star, Trek Star Trek Into, Trek the, Into unknown. the Unknown.
0: There we go. Love okay. It. That works for me if it works for you. It works for me. Okay. Done. So. Well, there you have
1: it, folks. That was our episode. Star Trek IV, also known as Star Trek Into the Unknown, uh, the fourth Kelvinverse movie as written on Punch It by Charlene Schmidt and Tristan Riddell. We thank you so much for listening. If you want to listen to our other stuff, please go to the slash punch it. If you want to reach out to us and maybe suggest something, as, uh, something that you want us to talk about or discuss, or if you have any questions for us, you can go to thenerdparty.com slash contact, select punch it from the drop down menu, fill the form, and it'll send us an email. You can find us all over social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search the nerd party. You can find me personally on Twitter at the insane Robin.
0: And you can find me at oh the profanity.
1: Now, next week, Shard, do we want to continue? In the Kelvinverse, we spent a lot of time in the Kelvinverse, more (laughs) more time than I ever thought that we would. But do we make the USS Kelvin movie next week?
0: sounds good to me. Let's go for it.
1: All right, we're going to go for it. So uh, next week, we're going to be writing the USS Kelvin movie, and you know we're going to punch it.
0: Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it.
1: Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void representative prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See your website for details.